And welcome to episode 65 of The Home Hour. I am your long-absent host, Megan Francis, or I was your long-absent host. Um, I'm still longly absent, but we are actually really excited, Sarah Powers and I, to introduce the new hosts of The Home Hour. And I'm going to kind of explain a little background about where I disappeared to, who the heck Sarah Powers is, if you don't know, (laughs) and what's coming up next for this show. Um, So The Home Hour, as you know, if you're subscribed and have been a long-time listener, was an interview-based show. I had... um, interviews with interesting authors and people in the home, family, parenting, and food space um, online and elsewhere, and and also some guest co-hosts that were on quite regularly. And at one point, I was also doing, at some point, I started doing a show with my old bloggy buddy and partner, Sarah Powers. Say hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. Hey, and we started doing the, the Mom Hour, which was just the two of us talking. Well, Long story short, the Mom Hour became so much fun and was so um, consistent and great and was so well received that it kind of ate up all of my time. <laughs> and so I've really been focusing on that podcast for the last couple of years. You can find that at themomhour.com and search the Mom Hour anywhere podcasts are found. But if you were a longtime listener of the Home Hour and didn't know that, you've probably just been confused and thought I went away and was never coming back. Here I am, but I'm not (laughs) sticking around too long because what I really wanted to do with the Home Hour is bring it back, give it a refresh um, with some new hosts that can really deliver more of a home a home-based show that's really all about home improvement and decorating and design and those good things that people really love to think about when it comes to their homes. So Sarah and I, as the co-hosts of The Mom Hour, are really just here to introduce the new hosts, um, Kirsten and Graham. And Sarah, I'm going to let you take it over from here because you just talked to them and you know a little bit more about what they're doing with the show and can really talk them up. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. So yeah, just like Megan said, um, we're hoping that this show can kind of fill that um, home and garden entertaining DIY decor um, space for podcast listeners, and um, we're really excited. So our two hosts are Kirsten Dunlap and Graham Smith. They both come with a natural love and background in design, but they're also real moms with real families and real homes. So some of the things we loved about Kirsten and Graham and their dynamic are some of the things I think, Megan, that have worked really well on the Mom Hour, which is they are good friends. They've been friends since college. They actually co-hosted a radio show together in college and 20 years later are launching a podcast. Uh So that's really fun. They have such a fun and funny dynamic and you guys will hear so um, stay keep listening because this show will transition into my interview with them in just a couple of minutes Um, but they also live in different parts of the country and have homes of vastly different sizes and kind of design needs and they don't have all the answers just like you and I say Megan with parenting we don't have all the answers but we don't even really have any of the answers right and so (laughs) um, Kirsten and her husband designed and built their kind of dream house in the last few years she's gone through a ton of experience working with contractors and picking out flooring and kitchens and all of that in a major remodel gutting basically building from the ground up and Graham went from kind of tiny uh, Washington DC living to a house bigger than what she thought she was getting into when she moved down south to Birmingham Alabama and so she's been trying to sort of consciously create a home there so they both just have really 
I would say, very real and realistic approaches to creating a home that you love. And um, you'll hear in my interview with them, they talk a lot about not just design and DIY and executing those projects you see on Pinterest, but also what does it mean to cultivate a home environment that feels good to you? And what does it mean to be a gracious host and to entertain and do all of that when having young kids? So I love their approach. They are going to do mostly interviews and then also chat them between the two of them on every episode. So they're thinking about three quarters of their shows will feature an interview of some kind with a a decorator, a designer, a blogger who focuses on DIY stuff. Um, And then they'll also have some regular segments, just the two of them. So I had a ton of fun interviewing them and getting to know them, um, which listeners of this show will hear in just a couple of minutes. So I'm so excited about this. It's kind of like exactly the um, mindset I had about the homeowner from the very beginning, but I just didn't necessarily have the know-how and experience to actually pull off that kind of home garden design yeah, and you the were heavily, DIY show. Yeah, and you so. were heavily involved in the parenting and family life yes. space. So the interviews, I mean, I, I have loved the home hour. I was a listener and a fan before you yeah. and I got involved in podcasting. So, But this is definitely going to be a turn toward a more focused um, yes. home garden DIY and entertaining type of show and it's going to yeah. be awesome. So let's tell So people- if you were here, well I was going to say if you were here mostly for the parenting and family stuff, make sure to check out Sarah and I at themomhour.com and stick around and listen to this cuz I think you're going to love it. And um, if you were here for the home and garden stuff, you're in luck. Yes, here it is. <laughs> definitely in luck. And let's tell people too before we start my interview um yeah. where to find all of the stuff for the home hour just yes. in case it's been a while since people have checked out the show notes and stuff. So um, head to thehomehour.com is the website. Look for The Home Hour in whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, um, whether that's on an iPhone or Android device or right in your browser. Um, and then you can email Kirsten and Graham, and we mentioned this in our interview, but definitely shoot them an email. Tell, you, tell them what you think. Tell them what topics you'd like to hear on the show. And that's hello at thehomehour.com. And finally, they are on social media, in particular Instagram, because home stuff is such a visual yes. such a visual thing. Um, and so definitely check them out on Instagram, and they're also on Facebook and Twitter. So just wanted to throw all that out there so we can welcome them officially. So yeah, anything else, so Megan, kick- before we... No, I just want to remind people that they're going to be coming out with these new episodes every Thursday. Every Thursday. Um, every every Thursday. So you don't, you know, you're they're back. The show's back. You get your fix. Yep. And if you're not subscribed, if somebody sent you this or you came over because we told you to on the Mom Hour, definitely hit subscribe in whatever you're using to listen to this podcast so you can find out when new episodes air. Yes, do that. Okay, great. Here's my conversation with Kirsten and Graham. Hey, Kirsten. Hey, Graham. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Hi, Sarah. Yay. This is going to be so much fun. So um, our listeners just heard Megan and I talk a little bit about you ladies and your background and how excited we are to have you take taking over the home hour. Um, I would love for you to just introduce yourselves one at a time and kind of tell us about where you live, maybe a little bit about the home you're living in right now and the family who lives there. So who wants to go first? Graham, why don't you take it away? Okay, sure, Kirsten. Um, My name is Graham Smith, and I actually grew up in Long Island, but fell in love with a boy from Birmingham, Alabama, and we moved down to Birmingham about four and a half years ago from Washington, D.C., where we were both working. And in D.C., we probably didn't have 
a very, you know, as many people don't, we lived on Capitol Hill and didn't have a huge space. And so we knew we were going to make Birmingham our lifelong home. We moved down here and wanted just to buy anything that was on the market at that point in time. So we possibly overextended ourselves a little <laughs> bit and just bought a house that is more than I know how to handle. So it is, we have two boys. We have an almost seven-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and they are just wild and always running. And it's a six-bedroom, six-bathroom, 5,500-square-foot house that is almost completely empty right now. <laughs> so. Wow. That is that is a lot. It's a home. And I didn't grow up in any kind of home like that. So this is new for me. No joke. And Um, is your husband from Birmingham? Is that how you ended up there? Yeah, he is there. Yeah. He grew up here in Birmingham in a town called Mountain Brook. And it's just a beautiful kind of bucolic, almost maybe people joke and call it Mayberry, but it really is in so many ways. Um, you know, kids come off to school and everyone kind of knows everyone and it's just a great place for children. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That is to go, especially from not very much space to all that space. Um, I'm sure you have lots of challenges that will be fun for our listeners to hear you talk through. So, and how about you, Kirsten? Um, yeah, so I'm on the opposite coast. I'm in, I guess I'm not on the coast, you're on the coast, but um, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where Sarah and I, I met. Um, yes. Yes, so our house is a very different story. Ours, um, we actually downsized, and um, I just wanted this charming little cottage, and we built it ourselves, and it is a charming little cottage, and um, our house got smaller and our family got bigger and it's it's small we're we're in a small little house and the kids share rooms and um uh and every little nook and cranny is used for storage literally like between two by fours my husband would say oh it's hollow we'll, we'll put a closet in here like so we have amazing storage um ideas from our house um some days i, I pull my hair out because it is pretty pretty tiny but we love it and you know every room has been a different project some of them were great successes and other ones were wild failures and you know when you make a failure you have to live with it every day but um yeah. but it was fun because we really built kind of our dream house um so when you say i'm going to jump in when you say yeah. you built um remind me did you buy an exist did you buy an empty lot and no. go from the ground up or did you knock something down we yeah we, we when i shouldn't say built because we we were modeled okay but we uh we gutted it we were down yeah. to just uh, like a couple bedrooms but but it was a it was a really pretty extensive remodel it took years um there was a couple floods. It's just lots of stories. Um, <laughs> I bought it, I think, eight days after I had my third. And oh my um, yeah, so that was a little bit crazy. But yeah, so I have three children, and they're they're pretty much the same age as yours. Yes, Sarah, we were pregnant together with our thirds. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so my oldest is is nine, and then my middle son is uh, six, and then my daughter is four and a half. Oh, so yeah. much fun. And when you say small, Kirsten, let's define, because Graham was saying big, and then I was like, whoa, that is big. So define small for us. Ours is like, okay, maybe it's not that small, but with three kids and a dog, it feels very big, um, or very small. And it's just really small in scope. So I think ours is about 2,500 square feet. Okay, okay. So that's, I guess it's not that small, but it's, it's, it's like low ceilings, small doorways, small rooms, small rooms. Yeah. Everything is just a scaled small. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. And lots of, uh, lots of furniture. Yes. Taking up lots of room and lots of kids and lots of laundry. And yes. Suddenly well, 
it's you funny because all space. of this is relative, right? And I know we have listeners in all kinds of different living situations. So I think it is good to just throw the square footage out there. And my house, I think, is also about 2,500 square feet. Um, and there are things we don't have. We don't have an office or a guest room. You know, all the rooms are taken. And so I get it. I get when you have three busy kids that, but then there's, you know, there's city living where we know that people are, that small has a totally different definition. So. Um, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the difference is when people do move to a smaller house, they get rid of things. And we yes. did it. We got more people, <laughs> more beds, and more furniture. So maybe that has something to do with it. Right. And we had come from living in such a small space in D.C. that we were thinking, Alabama, hot dog. We're getting as much land as someone will give us, as much space as someone will give us. And that was probably not the smartest move. Well, yeah, you have you have um, lots of time, I guess, Graham, as your boys get older to fill up those rooms and get creative. But I can see how that would be a little overwhelming almost. Um, okay, well, let's dive into some questions. I have some questions for you guys that will hopefully let listeners get to know you and get excited about what's coming up for the home hour. So my first kind of question for both of you is that obviously this show is being sort of relaunched as design and decor and diy but those are huge topics that encompass a whole lot of things so i would love for you each to tell me what kind of what your favorite type of project or area of focus is when it comes to home and design and then also one that you don't love or just aren't good at so i don't know kirsten do you want to go first on this one sure my favorite this will probably since I just complain about having way too much furniture. I love furniture. I just ah. love furniture. I can't throw away furniture. I love reorganizing furniture. I keep thinking it'll all fit if I just figure out how to put it in differently. Um, I love going to antique stores and just hunting for furniture. I love painting furniture, switching out the knobs, giving it new life. Reupholstering is my favorite. Um, yeah, so I love furniture. And awesome. then you wanted my least favorite? Yeah, something that you just don't do or don't love. I am really intimidated by art. Mm, yes. Picking art and committing to art is, um, that's really scary for me. I'm not good with art at all. I, I, you know, I original agree. paintings, prints, any of it, it, it I just, yeah, I find that really tough. I think a lot of people do. So I love, I love that you shared that. Okay, Graham, what about you? Sure. Yeah, Sarah. And I also think a, um, we're hoping a portion of the show is kind of going to be the holistic concept as well of kind of gracious living inside the home. So design, DIY, of course, um, everything you can do to aesthetically make your house into the home you want it to be, but also to create that overall feeling of a home. So we're hoping to kind of add some, you know, event coordinating tips and design. I know Kirsten is kind of a big party animal and I yes. love to have people into our home. So we definitely want to hit on that a little bit within the show, as well as, you know, just some topics for not necessarily etiquette. That sounds so stodgy, but you know, just how are certain people doing things all over the country? What's changing? How is it different from what our grandmas used to do? You know, cause things are changing really, really quickly. And I know, I'm sorry, I'm not answering your question perfectly. No, I'm so I guess. glad you brought that up. Um, and that is such, that's so true. You know, as, as you know, this show's sort of being relaunched and rebranded, but when Megan used to host it, she always said, this is about everything that happens within your four walls. And that includes entertaining and that includes raising a family and it includes furniture and art. So I love that that will continue to be a through line for you guys. And I love the way you just articulated it, Graham. So. Well, she did articulate one thing. When we say Kirsten's a big party animal, can we just that I throw <laughs> A lot of parties. People are picturing me like running around with a trash can on my head in my backyard. Um, that's kind of what we I was throw picturing. Here, a lot so. of parties. Well, you guys have known each other since college, so there may be multiple layers to that descriptor. 
We are looking to getting, we're going to uncover all those layers, whether Kirsten wants to or not. Um, So we hope to have a lot of fun. But okay, getting back to your question, Sarah, I think... Well, I always have fun, and this is a treat for me, with guest bathrooms. And the reason is, is because I think, which I think technically maybe we have four, but um, I think what's neat about that is, you know, we do not necessarily have the budget right now to decorate the house. That's why many of our walls are blank. That's why some of our rooms are hodgepodge. I think that's also what we do just kind of as the result of having two small boys who make things incrementally more dirty and shabby every single day. Like one thing gets ruined in my house every day, but I love a good guest bathroom and always have, because that's where I think you can get the best wallpaper. Maybe you can even do something crazy on the ceiling. You know, maybe you can really go to town. You can put in good quality fixtures just because you're doing it on such a small scale. So I think guest bathrooms, and I think it's also, that's where you can do colors and patterns and different palettes and just kind of let your freak flag fly um, in your house. It doesn't have to coordinate with the rest of the house. It's a confined space. It's relatively, relatively easy and inexpensive to change over if you decide exactly. you don't like it. I, that's so true, but I've, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. Right. Yeah. If you, if it's kooky and you decide that like leopard print is what you want, or maybe chalkboard paint on your ceiling in your guest bathroom, you just close the door and it doesn't right. bleed. And I guess, so I came from, you know, my, I have a family of designers. My grandmother's an interior designer. My mom's a landscaper, but my grandma would always look at a room and she'd stand and she'd cross her arms and she'd kind of turn around in all directions. And I realized she was always watching how one room bleeds into the next room. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And so anyway, guest bathrooms have become fun for me. Um, the anti bleed that I hate, and I'm so intimidated of, and I'm really excited for one of our upcoming shows where we're going to really delve into kitchen design kitchens, intimidate the heck out of me, my kitchen. I'll, once we start show notes, we'll put up pictures of my kitchen. It is <laughs> not fancy. It is old. It is dirty. And you know what? I kind of need it that way because it's yeah. such a utilitarian space right. and I'm a workhorse. And yeah. so I don't love kitchens, but we're in the age of the gorgeous yeah. kitchen. That's so true. Kitchen is like the ultimate, I'm just going to come out and say it, like design porn. Like, looking yes. at, you know, looking at there, we lost our clean rating already on this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's, you're, it's so true. And kitchens are not cheap, unlike a you know a small guest bathroom. That's probably right. It almost makes no sense. They're so they're the workhorse of the house, but yeah. they're supposed to be these design sanctuaries. And I just I have trouble putting those two things together because the moment I paint you know my center island white, my child spills soy sauce all over it. Right. Well, and don't you feel like too that um, in certain rooms it's easy to have small touches that can change the look, like throw pillows or a new print on the wall but a kitchen the things that make you notice a beautiful kitchen are kind of the expensive things it's cabinets tile Mm -hmm. I mean cabinets counters and floors and that's not like a it's not like oh let's freshen up for spring and add a vase like it's it's not really how it works Sarah 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 you're gonna have to tune into our first episode because this our first episode is actually gonna be about kitchens yes and I do have a few things that were that were the big purchases and and we'll get into this on our first episode but I, I put in some little touches that were, I put in one thing that was more expensive to ship than it was the actual item. Um, 
and it makes all the difference in our kitchen. So, so we'll have some. We'll, well have that some is tips why. That's why that. you are hosting this show, Kirsten, and not <laughs> me, because I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. Um, okay, I love your answers, Graham, and that's so true. I'm still thinking about the guest bathroom. You know, as a side note, I loved doing baby nurseries too for the same reason, because I felt yes. like the style didn't have to go with the rest of my house and I could do colors and you know play around with design in a way and I even knowing that the kids room was going to evolve over the next three or four or five years it just felt like less of a commitment and more permission to kind of go crazy so I I almost think a baby nursery can serve the same purpose complete freedom it's like when you go on vacation somewhere where nobody's going to note you and you wear your wildest (laughs) outfit (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so my next question is for all the busy mamas out there, which is you guys and is all of Megan and my listeners of the Mom Hour, who I hope are tuning in here as well. And that is that I think what happens when your kids are little, and we've touched on this already, is that we know stuff is going to get wrecked. We know that life happens in these houses. And I think sometimes it seems easier to throw up our hands and kind of stop caring about creating a beautiful home, even if we were relatively into design and home decor pre-kids. Um, and I would love for you guys to offer some encouragement to moms about having kind of found the middle ground. And the middle ground I mean is you still care and you still get really excited about having a home that looks and feels beautiful, but you also know that life happens. And for me, I think sometimes it feels like, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait till all the messes are over and do it then. But I think there is a middle ground and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on, on how to find that as a busy mom. Right. And I think that's a great, go ahead. Sorry, Kirsten, go for it. All right. Well, I, my house, we actually have, I mean, they're not like well, well, they are well defined, but we don't call them this. But if I really think about it, I do have zones in my home mm-hmm. where I care more than not. Like we mm-hmm. have the living room, dining room, and that is grown up zone. And there's fancy stuff in there. And there's, you know, expensive fabrics that are white. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just an area where when my kids were little, I didn't even let them in those rooms, which mm-hmm. I know some people think is mean, but I don't care. It made me so happy to have an adult space in my room that I, that I did. And it allowed me the freedom to have other areas that were just where you do throw your hands up, you know? And then we have the playroom, which, um, I mean, we, I don't even go in there. I mean, it smells, (laughs) it smells like a frat house in there. I think there's pizza. I don't even, I don't even care because that's their, that's their zone. Um, but in my, in my grown up zone, it's nice. And that's where I focus. And then we have a family zone. Um, and I just really, by, by sectioning off the house like that, I feel like I can still make things pretty and then I can make things realistic and then I can just give up. So it's having those different categories. And, you know, as my kids get older, what I do like about it is when we, when they are, when we are having a nice family dinner in the dining room or my son's gotten really into piano and the piano's in the living room, when they're in there, they know, you know, this is mommy's fancy room. And it's kind of nice because it's sort of also teaching them, you know, okay, now we're at a nice restaurant. Now we're at a nice hotel. It's also kind of that, you know, we act differently at the fanciest restaurant town than we do on a muddy playground, you know? So, um, so it's kind of, I also think it's sort of a good teaching tool of, you know, very, very rarely do we break out the great, uh, you know, the great china for dinner. But when we do, we know like it feels special. Know, yeah, it does feel special, and it's also like, when are they going to learn to do this? And right. you know, the reality is, I want to say, um, I want to say, you know, the kids just ruin everything. But the truth is, our favorite set of lamps 
I broke and I blamed them on my children. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> of course thing. you did. But, but the reality is like things break. Things yes. get stained. Adults spill too. And yes. you've got to love people more than you love things. But you also don't stop filling your home with beautiful things. You just realize at the end of the day, they're just things. Oh, I love what you just said. I almost just got goosebumps. I also wanted to, before Graham answers, um, because Kirsten, you and I have both done the three kid thing and we're both kind of coming into, I think, life getting a little easier with four-year-olds. Um, do you want to kind of touch on maybe how the the change that you've seen in the last couple years going from you know having a toddler and a preschooler to now your youngest being four and a half does it feel like it's it's like less that you have to keep them out of those zones and like you said more about integrating them in and teaching them how to behave uh no I don't know what you're talking about they're still (laughs) this morning my daughter showed me she said look mom I just discovered this and she took a, a dry erase marker and drew all over my white island okay. and then wiped it off. And she said, it comes right off. We're allowed to draw on the furniture now. And, <laughs> and I, because she's four and does not know how to read, I'm not going to go with, oh, okay, dry yeah. erase markers, okay, Sharpie's right. bad. Right. So, um, yeah, so no, I don't know what you're talking about. There is no, there is. It hasn't gotten easier. Okay. It has not gotten better. You know, we used to just leave rattles around the house and binkies, and now we leave you know, soccer balls and, you know, iPads. So no, I I, I hope, but maybe talk to someone who's, maybe Megan can tell us a little bit better. Yeah, that's true, that's true. um, I just think the junk they leave changes. Yeah, Um, that's true. Like we still spill. And you know what, with a four-year-old, you you leave them unsupervised more, Mm -hmm. which can actually lead to bigger messes. Like you don't Mm -hmm. leave a one-year-old unsupervised in the art cabinet, but. Maybe you don't. Well, I have a four-year-old who requires like round-the-clock supervision. I mean, she she's insane. So I feel like it is a very kid-dependent too. That there's maybe some families where, you know, things are calming down by four. But don't look to well, Kirsten I'll say, for that I'll, example. No, all I'll say is that my daughter excels with scissors. I mean, yeah, hair, gosh. drapes, it doesn't matter. We cut everything, and so so there's no I. I haven't seen the light yet on that That's one. That's hysterical. But college is coming. But college will be right <laughs> around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, Graham, bring us back to encouraging other moms. Sure, yeah, just along those lines. Well, so, again, two boys, ages three and a half and almost seven, so you can just imagine what all that entails. And they are nonstop and dirty and all of that. But, I mean, I think this category almost divides itself into two ways, right? Is what do you do for your home for others, right? Where Kirsten's saying she kind of has those special rooms that she keeps. And we never really did that. I mean, at some point, just to describe our house, our house has a very strange flow. It's kind of one long rancher. So it all flows into each other. Um, Kirsten, I think, has some set-aside rooms that you can kind of almost cordon off. There's not a good space for anything to be off-limits, just the way that our flow is, our house is configured. But I was just trying to think of some daily things that I did when our youngest, our youngest was a tricky baby. I feel bad saying that, but he was really tricky and he remains tricky to this day. It's getting a little bit easier, but I would kind of create little small sanctuaries for myself or little sanctuaries of peacefulness, I guess. And that I would do by maybe clustering just some tiny little things. So if the rest of my house, for what I guess I'm trying to say is we don't even have a playroom in our house. Our toys are in the den, which is also the TV room, which touches the kitchen. So it all goes together. So there's really no way to escape a lot of stuff. And so I would put out a candle and a little, you know, one beautiful flower that I bought at Trader Joe's and put it in a little tiny bud vase and 
kind of make a tiny little section of piece. So every time that I looked at it, and I always have background music playing. That's another oh, thing. I love that. Um, there's always some sort of music going in the house just because it just takes it down a notch. I found it's much more difficult for children to throw a fit and a temper tantrum when classical music's playing in the background. Um, I love that. So that, that's not necessarily design, but it's also kind of just cordoning off little areas for yeah. yourself. Yeah. And also I think what you touched on, which is so smart is kind of knowing what makes you as a mom feel calmer or more in control or more at peace in your environment. And that doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to look like the way you arrange your furniture or, you know, how expensive your couch is. It can just be knowing yourself. So I love that answer. Man, this is, this is fun guys. Um, well, I do want to move on. So, um, I really want you guys to give uh, listeners of this show and of all of our Life Listen shows a preview of what's to come on the Home Hour. So um, you guys can kind of take this away and if you want to tell us of your first episode, your first couple episodes, or just in general kind of what we can expect. So um, yeah, this one's wide open. Just get us excited. Well, the kitchen one. The kitchen one is our first one that I was okay. telling you about. So we're going to be telling you about our kitchen dreams on that one. Um, Graham, do you want to tell them about some of the interviews we have coming up? Sure. Well, we have one with someone who I think is going to be really neat. She's a feng shui designer, and it's really just an outstanding way to kind of holistically make sure that your house feels welcoming and cozy and homey. And then we have a slew of interior designers that will be on the show, really covering all aspects of the home. I think we're going to do an episode on floors. We're going to do one on kitchens. We're also going to do one on what the heck is an interior designer? Can we afford it? Why do we get one? Does everyone get an interior designer? Just all those questions that we kind of have that maybe we feel embarrassed to ask, don't know the answer to. Um, we're just going to go ask them. I, we're I also going to have um, some reoccurring segments every week. And so one of them is going to be, we're going to keep a scorecard because I am a little bit addicted to DIY and I just, <laughs> I get sucked in and, um, you know, they're, they're, most of them fail. And so we're going to have a Pinterest versus Kirsten kind of athletic <laughs> update on the show. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you remember how, how well I did with Pinteresting with uh, mom crafts and yes. it, it's not, it's not any prettier with home stuff. So when my husband sees me starting to head to Home Depot and asking how much a wet saw costs, <laughs> he's like, stop it, stop with the Pinterest. So we're going to, um, we're going to keep a scorecard of what I've done right and what I've just totally failed at. Um, but we are going to talk to some bloggers who do do it really well. Awesome. Um, so where I have failed, I will find those who, who really do succeed at DIY and bring them in as well. I love that. Can and you... entertaining. We're also going to do a lot of talking about entertaining in the home. I love that. I'm so excited. Can you um, give us a general idea? I know um, it will always be the two of you chatting. And then will every show have an interview? Or is that going to be occasional? Or should we just wait and see how that plays out? I'm putting you on the spot. I'd say 75% of the time. What okay. are you thinking, Kirsten? Yeah. We'll have, well, you know, we're going to bring in experts because truth is we're at very admittedly so we do not have all the answers. We have a sense, a good sense and know where to find good people, but and you know, the, you know, the right questions to ask. I feel like, um, you know, behind the scenes, since we've been planning this podcast, um, that's where I know that you guys are going to be fantastic is you both have done enough with design and decor and building a house, Kirsten and Graham with your background that you at least have the vocabulary. I mean, I feel like, and I know a lot of our listeners relate. Sometimes you're embarrassed to even ask the question because you don't even know the 
terms. Like, is it granite? Is it marble? Like, I still don't really know if my floors are laminate or if they're just the thin layer of hardwood glued down. I'm totally serious. I've lived in this house. Sarah, I'm getting on a plane right now, and I'm going to (laughs) come tell you what kind of floors you have. Um, When you first told me about this idea, well, at first I was like, yes, let's do this. This will be so much fun. But then secondly, my second thought was, um, wait, is this going to work? Can you do a show about design that's audio? Like, don't you need to see it? But, you know, the more I thought about it, obviously we'll have the show notes and we'll be on Instagram and all of that. But um, really, you know, anyone, anybody can post, and everybody does, post beautiful pictures of homes on Instagram. And you can follow these beautiful boards on Pinterest and house.com. But um, what I really want to know isn't what's the prettiest floor, what's the prettiest couch, you know, how do you make your flowers look like that? What I want to know is, are those real or fake? Are yeah. those, you know, um, can, can what happens if you stain that? Like, what yeah. are the pros and cons of marble? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I really think that there's a there's a lot more conversation about these things that need to take place. Yes. More than just a picture. And the more I started thinking about it, the conversations that I've had when I when I did my model and friends would ask me, what do you think about your bricks? And it would never be like, I like them. It's like, here are the pros. Here are the cons. Right. Here's what I would do again. Here's what I right. would totally change. And so um, there is so much to talk about with this. I agree. And I'm glad you brought up the visual because I did want you guys to talk about that. So when you get going with your first episode next week, um, the show notes, which will be at thehomehour.com, and then your Instagram feed, which is at the home hour, people can start following now. That will be those will be the two places where people can see photos of the stuff you're talking about, whether it's your own DIY fails, Kirsten, or if it's maybe an article or a you know furniture line that you've mentioned. So um, we definitely want listeners to be able to have that visual peek into what they've heard. But I'm so glad you brought that up, and I 100% agree. I actually think it's really fun to hear these types of discussions, and then you know you can, like you said, the the visual is readily available. So. Right. Awesome. Right. And I always call I always say my uh, my frozen yogurt analogy, which is you know when you go to a frozen yogurt store, you're committing to like, you know, five minutes of snacking and like three dollars, <laughs> and they will let you try every flavor, and right. you could sit there and think, oh no, I'm so glad I missed the mint chocolate chip; it was just too minty. But then, you know, you're supposed to spend thousands of dollars and commit to floors for twenty years based on like a three foot little sample, you know, so you, you need to have these conversations because these are houses are are big commitments. Yes. Oh my God. Right. And it's not like college anymore. College was awesome because you could always go into your friend or your roommate's closet or their bathroom and try on lipstick and products and whatever. And the truth is, is now that we're moms, we're so cordoned off in a way. I mean, we talk to other moms, but you almost need that kind of collegian or school experience again, where you kind of can get a bunch of girlfriends together and hash it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Okay, so for our final little segment today, ladies, we're going to have some fun. I wanted to give our listeners a little peek into each of our homes and how we handle a handful of organizational challenges. Most of these have to do with raising families and kids, but not all of them. And we're going to go quick. So I'm going to throw out an item or an organizational challenge. And um, you guys are going to tell me how you organize it in your home, if it's working or if it needs an overhaul. And we'll do this pretty quick. Um, Let's just say we'll go Graham, Kirsten, and then me for each one to keep this, uh, keep it moving. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So my first item is crayons. Graham, what is, what's the crayons situation in your house? I could use help. My boys are not as budding artists as I hoped they would be. I have them in a little clear box with snaps on it that I think I bought at Target. So help. Okay. Kirsten, how about you? 
big clear box full of smaller clear boxes. You're allowed one scoop. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. And when you're done, it all goes back in the big clear box. Okay, define that again. What do you mean by a scoop? Like, say Anna Drew wants to color. What happens? Okay, so I've got my big crayon box, and then inside it's like a little, um, you know, a smaller, like, Ikea uh, Tupperware thing. Okay. And so she gets to scoop out one scoop of crayons, and whatever colors are in that scoop, those are the colors she gets. Okay. And then at the end, we just dump it all back in. And she goes to a table or some surface, approved surface. Okay. Yes. Um, I love that. Um, Maybe even for the show notes for this, can you share a picture of this crayon system? Of the crayon system? Sure. Yeah. So this is episode 65, and the show notes will be at thehomehour.com, and that'll be one of our first pictures. Okay, so my crayon situation, I don't have a specific tip, except that I have found over the years that any any container where the crayons lay flat, and you don't expect them to go upright in cute little um, buckets or cups, I feel like has worked better for us, because I feel like you see a lot on, you know, Pottery Barn and places where there's very cute, upright little cups and buckets for crayons. But what happens is, first of all, sometimes crayons are weird shaped. You get like the weird toddler crayons that are weird. Um, Also, you get um, the broken ones then sink to the bottom. And so you're not really seeing all the colors. So um, I wouldn't say I have a system. I have a a bunch of kind of shallow boxes or bins, but I have realized that upright storage is not a good one for us. Yes, despite what Pottery Barn says, storing your crayons horizontally does not make you a bad mom. No, no. You heard it here on the Home Hour. Okay, next category, Graham, is diapers. Now, maybe none of us have kids in diapers anymore, but a lot of our listeners do, and it, it's something that you have to store and you have to get rid of. So, Graham, do you have, do you have diapers going on? Well, believe it or not, I still do, Sarah. Um, we don't have diapers. My children are not in diapers. But again, I think this goes with the flow of my house, stations. I have okay. four diaper stations set up in my house because, again, we live in this one long kind of ranch house that I timed, and it takes us about 20 four seconds to get from one end to the other. So if you're in the car and all of a sudden your child needs a diaper change, you do not have time to go back to the nursery to get a new diaper because that's a full minute. Um, So I have one in the nursery, which I actually still keep because we have a lot of nieces and nephews. We have a little station in the nursery. I have one in the TV room. I have one in the car and I have one kind of in the middle of the house. And so that includes, you know, wipes, diaper ointment, everything. Mm -hmm. And they're just tucked away, you know, in my little diaper drawer so that I can quickly, wherever I am, I'm never an arm's reach away from a diaper. Yes. I love that. Okay. Kirsten, how about you? I have honestly blocked this from my memory. I don't even remember diapers. I don't, I have no memory. (laughs) Okay. You get a free pass. It's too painful to discuss. (laughs) That's funny. I would say I was the same as Graham, but I, I didn't have that big a house, but I did have stairs. And so the upstairs downstairs thing meant that I did not want to go upstairs for a diaper, especially with my third child. I had two other kids who were just two and four. So I wasn't leaving them for long periods of time to go change a diaper. So yeah, we had a, like a kind of a hutch in our dining area that was right between, right in a main living area. And in the bottom, the whole bottom shelf of the hutch, which was hidden away, you didn't have to see it, but there was everything like you described, Graham. So I do think that's a good tip for moms out there is have sort of mini diaper changing stations throughout and and a set of everything in the car. I agree with that one. So, okay. Oh yeah, and I mean, this is a product plug, although they've not done anything, but I don't know if any of you use those Kirkland wipes from Costco. Yes. I mean, I will bulk order those things for the yes. rest of my life. Yes. They're amazing. They still, I still see them like in the elementary schools and like, you know, just anywhere where They're you need best. a multi-purpose wipe. Agreed. 
Um, okay, I'm very curious about this one, you guys, because you are stylish, classy ladies more than me. What about gift wrap and wrapping paper? Now, for anything from kid birthdays to, you know, adult gifts, where do you keep your gift wrap and wrapping paper? Graham, you're first. Sure. Yeah, I have a little wrapping station set up in the kitchen only because that's where our island is. And I often find myself, you know, just coming in and uh, throwing stuff down. And we've got it kind of on the, um, what do you call it, on the wooden peg rolls, you know, so I can switch out different wrapping paper at different times. I love ribbon. I'll save ribbon. You can throw that on kind of the wooden, I guess they're uh, dowels is what you call them. You know, they're mounted on dowel hangers. And so I'll just, you know, stamps. I've got it all in little plastic holders and I'll put a lot of, um, of live greenery on my gifts as much as I can. And so my poor magnolia tree outside suffers a lot, but I always keep pruning shears nearby. I have lots of pruning shears all over the house because there's never a time I think when something can't be clipped from outside really quickly and put onto a gift and that judges it up more than almost any good bow. I love that. I love that. Mm, What about you, Kirsten? Okay, so I don't have a great system for anything other than the rolls, but you know at Ikea in the kitchen section how they have this plastic, I think it's like $3, um, it's it's like a plastic thing that you're supposed to put your your used plastic bags in. Okay, you know what I'm about? It kind of. To the wall. I'll put we it can in the link show to notes. that in the I'll show notes. In the show notes. Yep. Um, but it's great because I keep my rolls in it and it okay. keeps them, it's just long enough to keep them upright, like your crayons would be if you were a better mom. Right. So it keeps the, <laughs> the wrapping paper upright. And then one other note on wrapping paper rolls um, the best place I have found to buy wrapping paper is Home Goods. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been to the Home Goods wrapping paper section, but they're gore. I don't know if everyone has. We have a Home Goods, I feel like, on every corner here. But um, Yeah, we have them here in Southern California. Graham, do you have Home Goods? We do have Home Goods, but it, it kind of made me think of what I do or how I typically wrap my presents these days, which I think is, okay, this is kind of a hack, so I'll share it. Yeah. I go to the wallpaper store, um, and I get samples of wallpaper. And they will give you oodles and boodles of samples of wallpaper, which is just gorgeous in general. And the price is right because it's free. Um, and it's not great for wrapping big presents because, you right. know, wallpaper sample is about like one, you know, one foot by two feet um, in a, on a good day. But you know how kids sometimes like tear little holes in presents because they want to peek and yes. see what we're giving away. And it's usually I'm re-gifting something. Yeah. So I usually <laughs> get busted a lot. Um, little fingers cannot tear through wallpaper. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is a great so that is, And that's free wrapping paper. And I love it. And it's so fun. Wow. That's great. Um, okay, I want well, to see a picture of this fresh greenery wallpaper wrapping. Paper. Yeah, this I feel is, like we need. I feel like I we feel need like a, a gram picture. See the show okay. notes are beefing up already. Um, so our, I do feel like this has improved for us. I've, it's always been something I struggle with because I, I feel like I've never been able to keep everything in the same spot. Like the rolls were in one area and the bags and tissue. So we have one of those. You know the Elba brand. It's kind of a higher end container store. Yeah. Um, like tower storage so they're like metal but very nice like drawers that slide nicely so it's kind of a metal tower with drawers um and so i keep tissue paper and gift bags and ribbon in the drawers and then it's this is actually in our garage because we don't have an office or a great space inside but um i just duck out to the garage and then right next to that tower i have a kind of like a tall skinny kitchen wastebasket. it was never used for trash so it's not gross in the bottom um and the rolls just lean right next to it and they're easy access so um yeah so i feel like it's working better than it has in the past but i always feel like it's a challenge so okay we're gonna move on to legos (coughs) 
Graham, do you have do you have Lego loving boys? I'm sorry to say my children are not Lego players, but if you're referring to small, tiny objects that get everywhere, we have a plethora of those. Nope. I need, I need some help on this one. Ours are just in clear bins, just willy nilly. So, you know, Spider-Man is next to, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So Kirsten, what about? No, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, for me, you know how you say, if you don't clean these up, I'm throwing them all away. <laughs> and there were Legos just all over the playroom floor. And my kids just looked at me and said, yeah, throw them away. Yeah. And I did. I threw away like a huge bin of Legos. And um, and uh, no one has brought it up. And that was like a year ago. Was that so all the Legos? Care. Or just were there? You just brought all your I Legos? Threw, <laughs> I threw away every Legos and nothing has brought me more joy. It's like one of the happiest days of my life, the day that we threw away the Legos. And then like they'll get one for their... For in just a little plastic box and then like I'll just say can I throw these away and they don't care they just don't care so um so Legos I organize them by putting them in a giant trash can that is the funniest thing I've ever heard I totally (laughs) thought this was gonna be like Kirsten's system for organizing Legos and throw them away throw them away Um, who does that yeah we don't have a great system either I have two giant um plastic bins that are wider than they are tall and they sit out in our dining room, which my son calls the Lego room or the Pokemon room. <laughs> Clearly, we don't dine in there very often. But what I will say is he can see them all. He, he does play with them. So it doesn't bother me to have them out most of the time because he really does. He'll wander in there and it's good for him. And then if we're having people over, it's not too hard. He's not picky about keeping stuff put together or keeping stuff. You know, I tried multiple ways of keeping the colors sorted or the sizes or the sets, but he doesn't really care about that. So I don't. So... They all go in, and then we have this clever little crawl space, like a Harry Potter cupboard under our stairs, and um, that's where we store the bins when we have people over. So it works. It's not pretty, like it's not Pinteresty, but it works for us. So, all right. Um, okay, so we're gonna do two more, I think. Um, we're gonna go to the kitchen and do spices. Do you guys have spice drawers or spice racks that you feel like work well, Graham? I have aspirational spice dreams, um, but <laughs> mine are just on little tiny lazy Susans, you know, the little small ones you can yes. get at, um, Bed Bath & Beyond and I just roll them around. But the uh, truth in is, the is pantry? where are the lazy Susans? Like, we um, have them in the pantry. Well, not okay. in the, we have two kind of cupboards or cabinets on either side of our stove. And so again, not beautifully arranged when you open that cabinet, it's not anything to write home about, but I do love those drawers where you can pull them out and see them all yeah, kind of stacked nicely and they're alphabetized. And that just sounds like a beautiful aspirational, dream. Aspirational spice <laughs> dreams. Okay. Kirsten, what about you? So I followed my dreams into spice organization and it led me, it, it, it ended sadly. Um, so <laughs> I, when my youngest was um, still eating baby food, I would buy baby food jars. I remember this, Kirsten. You this do. is when we lived in the same town. I feel like I really remember you hoarding baby food jars. Yeah. Oh, I would like. I'm, I was. I was seriously like. I think baby food was like a dollar, but she didn't really like baby food. So I right. was, you know, having people save their baby food jars. <laughs> I can't believe you remember this. I totally so, do. So, and then I went and got chalkboard sticky paper. And I got um, a giant hole puncher that was the exact same size as the lid of a, of a baby food jar. And I washed them all and I put chalkboard um, sticky on every single lid. And then, um, and then I wrote with a chalkboard marker the name of the spice, turmeric, pepper, whatever. And I would empty the spice into the baby food jar and I had it in a big drawer 
alphabetized, of course. So when I opened it up, I would see just this beautiful um, uniform, uh, you know, spice in, in alphabetical order, just black circles with white chalkboard paint. It's just amazing. Until one, there was uh, some of my favorite spices wouldn't fit. Like, what do you do then? Do you throw away half your spice, you know, because it right. wouldn't fit in the jar? Yeah. And so that was the first flaw was I then had extra spices. And was I going to keep them? In, it was just a nightmare. Right. And then um, my my son pulled off every single oh, no. sticky. <laughs> <laughs> so every single spice I had, and I, some I could guess, like, I, I think it's cumin, you know, but I didn't know. A lot of these spices, I mean, do you know what savory smells like over whatever, something that smells like savory? So so anyhow, um, I ended up having to throw my spices away, and we, I would just find, like, to this day, I still find those darn sticky chalkboard circles. All over the Kind place. of stuck in other places in the kitchen, so it didn't work out. I'm Graham, back to did just, you like, notice that Kirsten's chaos. solution to this was also throw everything away? I just want <laughs> to point that out. <laughs> oh, having, yes, Kirsten is a woman of many phases. We definitely, well, and I think that's part of what the show is going to be, is also what works and what doesn't, because we have tried a lot, and failed a lot. Um, I remember one time walking into Kirsten's pantry and she had done that, you know, and that's the thing. I think the home hour needs to be, or can be one of those shows where we try to do things and be the best we can be in every way and create strategies and streamline things, but then also not overdo it. Right. One time I remember walking into Kirsten's pantry and she had everything, you know, kind of taken out of the boxes and it was all in mason jars. And I mean, her pantry looked like a beautiful closet that you would walk into almost in someone's house. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to eat a single piece of food that's in this pantry because it all looks brown and unappetizing. The truth is, is that if I'm going to eat Lucky Charm cereal, I want to see the leprechaun on the box. That's awesome. You know? I know, I know the mason jar thing was bad. That was bad. Because I could, I didn't know what I put in it at the end of the day. Same, another, it was the same problem. I could, another, I had no idea. Something brown. Phase. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Well, our spices is not, it's not a good situation right now. Mostly because they're all spread out. We have two drawers next to the stove that work well for spices. And I actually did also do a chalkboard marker but just right on the lid because the the ones that fit in those are the short ones and they usually have a red or a black lid already so I did write on the top what they were but it's not alphabetized or uniform and then we have some bigger things like garlic powder and some like larger like Costco sized things right in a different cupboard and then we have a different lazy Susan in the pantry so the funny thing is my husband's the cook in our kitchen the the interesting cook I should say I'm the utilitarian get stuff on the table Mm -hmm. every night but he's the one who does fun recipes and he loves it and we will have times where we have like three jars of coriander and no cumin and it's like we make the same recipes over and over again and how we get but it's because they're all over the place and you think you need something you're out of it but it turns out it's just in that other drawer so we're not it's not a good not a good situation over here with spices Mm. um okay so last one and kirsten this was by your request so i'm going to start with you is clothing and hand-me-downs and clothing sizes and all that for kids okay well now you've built it up because it's not that amazing but i really realized (laughs) throw everything away throw everything away no ironically i throw nothing away because do you know that you can take your um, your mismatched socks and your clothes with holes in them and bring them to H&M and they'll give you 15% off coupon? No. No. Okay. That's and then they, they recycle them and, and then they don't end up in landfill. And actually there are some local Wait, just H&M 
brand uh, stuff H&M. or all mm-hmm. things? Okay. Uh, no, oh no, no, no. All, all, um, all clothes that would have just gotten trashed, like a, you are a jerk. Yeah, like something you've stained or spilled, and you're like, nobody wants this. I'm just going to throw it away, and it ends up in a landfill. But instead, they can recycle these things. And there's actually some of our neighborhood schools have bins too that they recycle clothing, and they become like um, padding for seats and. Uh, carpet, um, what do you call it? Sure. The padding under carpet. Yeah. So, so it's great. You're helping the environment. It's a fundraiser. It's great. Um, but, but yeah. So no, I actually do not throw away any clothes. I have All bins right. that say that say recycle, and then I have bins that say donate, and then I have bins that say hand me downs. But um, what I've really found is just keeping a bin in each one of the kids' rooms in their closet, just a small one. Yes. And then about every three months, I go through that bin, and then I put them in my in my bigger bins for recycling for donation and for hand-me-downs but where do you keep the bigger bins because I'm the same I also I echo that we also have a small basket or something in every kid's closet right um but I've had to keep I will I keep the my daughter loves she she can't say no to clothes she just um (laughs) like she's still wearing 18 to 24 month skirts and it's 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 not appropriate so I have to keep hers up really high um the boys don't care so I just keep theirs on the floor in their closet um but then I keep my my big bins in the laundry room okay yeah we I'll just jump in we are very similar um and I have also found that having something and the the baskets or bins I keep in the kids rooms I do not discriminate when I first toss it in there like it may get donated it may get handed down since I do have two girls um, but I have a five-year age difference, so it's kind of, I don't save a lot from my oldest to my youngest because I know the styles are going to change and stuff doesn't store well for that long. But anyway, so I don't discriminate when I first chuck it in the kid closet bin. And then, like you said, I go through it later. Um, I have a general Goodwill um, laundry basket in my closet, which here's a little hack or a tip. If you do have kids who are hang on to their stuff and especially if you're going to plan to get away get rid of a toy or a book or that kind of thing not just clothing um mm-hmm. i i will hide it in the goodwill laundry basket in my closet which is usually very uninteresting it usually has my own my own goodwill stuff and nothing too interesting but then i'll stuff toys and other stuff i'm getting rid of so down sneaky down that's where you could have put your legos kirsten yeah you could have put them right in the <laughs> no one wanted basket. those legos um and graham what about you do you have any any um hand me down it sounds like all of our systems are kind of similar i think that's what we're basically doing yeah i mean i have a little closet where i keep um kind of gift items and um hand-me-downs there it's kind of divided closet and i you know they're actually almost virtually the same system that you awesome. both spoke i of. love that the one other thing i do is we don't have a lot of nieces and nephews yet but um we have one little niece on the east coast and the only thing i send to her she's about a size below my youngest so it works out well um and the only things i send to her are the really really nice things most of the time they have been gifts from my in-laws so they're going back to the sister-in-law or the you know the family who probably purchased them um, nicer higher end items um, and I have one dresser drawer that I just use for just that niece and I always separate it out right away because I don't really want it getting mixed up in the goodwill bin so I think it does help to kind of have an eye on where things are headed at some point um, and then it's so easy because when that drawer gets full I fill up a box and send it to Connecticut so um, okay well before we wrap up can you guys remind our listeners where to find you um, online where you'd love for them to follow you and anything else people can do to kind of follow along before the show officially launches next week well we will be on Instagram and that's at the home hour um, awesome. and then Sarah to the um, Life Listen Network website is probably 
how would they find it if they yeah, want? Yeah, you can go right to, to the home you. hour. The homehour.com will take everybody to you guys' section of lifelisten.com. So the homehour.com is the easiest way to remember. And then anybody listening to this, if you're not already subscribed um, in your favorite podcast app, if you use you know iTunes, Apple's podcast app, or if you're on Android and you use Google Play or Stitcher, um, if you're listening to this and you're not already subscribed, then be sure to subscribe as well so that new shows show up in your feed. That would be great. And then also, if anyone wants to send us an email, it's hello at thehomehour.com. So we would love to respond to any emails, thoughts, ideas, things you think we should talk about. We will respond as quickly as possible. Awesome. Yes, that has been, I know for Megan and me, that's one of the most fun parts is getting emails from our listeners. So if you're listening to this, do send Kirsten and Graham an email to hello at thehomehour.com. Okay, guys. Well, your first official episode where you two are at the helm launches next week. April 20th. If you guys, if you're listening to this far in the future, then be sure to keep going and listen to all the latest episodes. But um, if you're listening in real time, look uh, for the first show next week on April 20th. Oh, we can't wait. Thank you so much. So excited. This was so fun, guys. All right. Bye-bye.